Hello, I'm Lynn Wolf, and welcome to this edition of our Rural Lifestyle Dealer podcast series, where we see how Ag Bag Forge Solutions revamped its website and added digital marketing solutions and is seeing improvements very quickly. This podcast is brought to you by Yanmar. I encourage you to subscribe to this series, which is currently available on iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. You will then receive an alert about upcoming episodes when they are released. Thank you to Yanmar for bringing us this podcast. Don't settle for less when you can have more. Yanmar makes all its compact tractors major drivetrain components all in-house. Your customers get a hardworking machine with more usable horsepower, less power loss, and a smoother, more comfortable ride. Strengthen your dealership today with Yanmar. Email them at agmarketing at yanmar.com or call 770-877-9894. Ag Bag Forge Solutions is a single store, seven employee dealership in Astoria, Oregon. It has evolved its focus from feed storage solutions to the wider rural lifestyle segment and recently relaunched its website and is now integrating digital marketing solutions targeted at its growing customer base. Let's join the discussion as Jeremy Linder, who is part of the family that owns the dealership and marketing manager, provides some background. Our dealership started in 2004. It's sort of a longer story than probably how we have time for how the whole thing came about. But initially, um, as our name would suggest, uh, feed storage was our sort of the, the initial focus of the dealership, silage bags and covers and um, bell wrap, because that's, you know, out here in the West, that's a, a pretty big market. Not a lot of dry hay is made when it rains as much as it as it does here. So that was sort of the the initial focus. And within about two years, kind of started to evolve into more of a rural lifestyle dealer as you would know it today, just basically from customer demand. Most of our of our clientele are, you know, hobby farmers or small acreage beef guys. And they just weren't, there just wasn't really anybody that was serving them, at least not what they thought was, you know, good enough. And so we sort of just started adding, you know, lines to try to meet the, the demand. And of course, at, you know, at the time the economy was good. And so that kind of helped catapult things as well. And so since since 2004 till now, you know, our business has really shifted, you know, obviously to probably, you know, 80 to 85% of our, of our revenue is from, you know, our rural lifestyle customers and the feed storage is, is a, a much smaller portion than, than when we started. It, that part has pretty well stayed the same and the, you know, equipment sales and services has definitely grown enormously. And so we, we you know, we've just sort of evolved with, you know, what the, what our customers wanted and, and, you know, our new customers were looking for and just kind of led us to where we are now. In terms of your role as marketing manager, you were the uh, person who had set up the the website, kind of a do-it-yourself website. Is that right? A couple of years ago, I wasn't here in the beginning. Uh, I was doing other things, and so I I came here about uh, about four years ago, and we didn't really have like a a real formal like role in mind. And it's just like everything else, you know, it's sort of evolved. You know, you have a plan, and then business happens and things change. So the marketing thing kind of fell into my lap. So, yeah, so we were doing a lot of traditional marketing, you know, print and industry publications, and, you know, it's very expensive. And so we did some things to try to, you know, attribute some revenue back to that. You know, we 
call tracking and things like that and doing a being more purposeful about asking people that found us, you know, how they found us. And we discovered like most people that, you know, most people were still finding us online, even though our online presence wasn't that impressive versus, you know, a lot of these print publications. So I just sort of on, you know, evenings and early in the morning before I would, you know, would come to the shop was looking at different things and, and thought, you know, we, we really need to step up our online presence. And I know just enough about website development to be dangerous, not enough to really be that great at it. But I revamped our our 10-year-old site at the time, which if you, if you can imagine four years ago, what a 10-year-old website would look like, it was pretty poor. And I revamped that um, on a Word, WordPress platform just because it's easy to use and fairly search engine friendly. And over... In, in the biggest thing was probably not only revamping the site, but then creating a bunch of content so that there was actually something there for people. And within about six months, our uniques went from, you know, maybe three to 400 unique visits a month to about 3,000. And that was initially that was without any paid traffic at all. It was just strictly organic search. Um, so that was pretty exciting. But then when you look at the analytics, you know, they were people finding our site from all over the country, which obviously doesn't necessarily do us a lot of good. So as that kind of opened our eyes to the possibilities and, and the potential, you know, for being more purposeful about, you know, a website and, and digital marketing. And so I was sort of, you know, outside of business hours trying to keep, you know, our inventory up to date and add new inventory and things like that. And it kind of got to where it was just it was too much and I wasn't able to keep up with keeping inventory up to date, which is probably worse than not having inventory on your site at all. And so I started looking at, you know, providers that could, you know, obviously the, the cost would be higher, but, you know, hopefully take some of that load off of my shoulders. And I don't know what the right word is, but I'm sort of a website snob a little bit. When I started looking at, you know, a lot of the sort of templated solutions that are out there, I wasn't real that happy with a lot of them. And, it, you know, for a lot of people, that's their first impression of you is your website. So I thought, well, we, you know, we have to have whatever it is, it has to look good and really convey who we are in a professional way. And so I spent quite a bit of time off and on, you know, as time would allow, obviously, because the day-to-day, -day, you know, parts and service, we're always busy. So it's not like we have a lot of spare time, but sort of off and on trying to find a good solution. And I stumbled across dealer spike. And I promise you, we, we pay dearly for what we get from dealer spike. I'm going to sound like an infomercial because they really are, are great to work with and have a great product. But I stumbled across them. And, and initially, one thing that was really attractive to me is they're located about 90 miles from us, which is I thought was kind of nice because they're in our team, same time zone. And I talked to them a few times and they were always very responsive and knew their product very well and what was going on. And at the time they were bigger into RVs and Harley Davidson and stuff like that. And just starting to expand into the agriculture market. And anyways, we, we finally decided to make the leap, you know, going from paying, you know, a very minimal amount for website hosting to paying like, I don't know, I think between hosting and, and, you know, the ongoing, of course they charge, you know, it's built in support is built in and all that stuff, but you know, it's like 40, about $4,800 a year, I think. So it's not a small amount of money. And, um, but anyways, we finally just decided to take the leap and we thought, well, we'll try it. And, you know, we don't know unless we do. And amazingly, it actually surpassed, you know, everything that they told us it would do as far as increase in leads and uh, time on site and page views and all that stuff. And so we started seeing some results pretty quickly. I would say within 60 days, we had like tangible, you know, tangible results. And so that kind of convinced us that we needed to really put more effort into that. So we 
put a lot of effort into adding inventory, which it's much easier because they're, they've got most of the manufacturer information already there. So basically just add a, a unit and tell it what it is and it adds it and it's pretty smooth and creating content. And then uh, about nine months in, uh, we started with our SEO service just because that's kind of an ongoing thing. And that's, that's really paid dividends as well. And then about that same time, uh, we started with uh, running AdWords and, and pushing paid traffic to the site, which has been really good as well. I mean, we're, you know, we only target the areas where we are, which is nice. That's the beauty, beauty about digital advertising, of course, is you can pick and choose and, you know, only have to, you know, cover your market area. So you're much more efficient as far as your costs go. I wanted to just um, go back and, and go through some of the steps that you've been talking about and starting with this, this move from your site that you had built to um, a more customizable site. And I know that that for a lot of dealers, that just seems to be such a monumental task. So can you talk through, you know, some of the, the high level steps that you went through to actually get the site up in a, you know, in a timely manner? So that wasn't too bad. Um, we had some, a couple of initial calls as far as coming up with, you know, some concepts as far as design goes and, you know, making sure that they included all of the manufacturers that we have. And they actually, there was a couple that they didn't have and they actually built out cataloging for us for those manufacturers. So it was a, just, a, it was a, there was a few like 30 minute phone calls kind of outlining what we wanted. They, they came up with a design concept, you know, 30 or 40 minute phone call to kind of go through with their designers. You know, we like that, change this sort of stuff. And then once the design was approved, I think our site was up within about, it was less than 30 days for them to build out the, the custom design that we, that we went with and they were able to transfer all of our content. And so that part was pretty smooth. The only real effort that we had to make to get the final push to get it up was just adding the, the current inventory, which the way that they're back into their site works, they have, like I said, they have all of our manufacturers added so it's, it's pretty simple. You just go in and, you know, you pick the manufacturer, the model, you know, enter the stock number and that kind of stuff, and then upload a couple of pictures and, and that's it. And it's, it's up. They, they're able to pull in all the manufacturer specs and stuff for our, our major lines. So really it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought compared to, you know, starting from scratch and having gone through the, the build out of a site from, from nothing. It was much less than what I thought it would be. And then in terms of the updates now, because, you know, you had mentioned uh, it was a good point about, you know, having the most current inventory. Is that something that you're continuing to do or is that a service that you're working with your vendor on? So as far as the inventory goes, that's something that we do. They they actually integrate with, with some uh, DMSs and can actually update it automatically. They don't integrate with our current DMS. So as far as inventory goes... You know, I, I have to go through and I manually do that. And I try to do it, you know, a couple times a week, once a week minimum. And then as far as like content goes, we can edit some of this. We have the ability to edit some of the content, the static content that's on the site. But for the most part, I'll just shoot off a quick email to support and say, hey, can you add this or change that? And within a day, it's done and I don't even have to think about it. So now the work that you do on a weekly basis, about how much time do you spend on that? Uh, as far as the website goes, I probably, unless unless we're adding, you know, adding some content or, or, you know, adding new products or something like that, if it's just maintenance, I probably spend less than 30 minutes a week on the website itself. And before you were probably spending several hours, is that right? Oh, yeah, easily. I would say 
probably a minimum of six hours, probably more than that actually, but I would say a minimum of six hours a week. Because if I wanted to add a, just for an example, if I was, because it was a, you know, something that we had built out, if I wanted to add a, a single unit, it, it, there's no built-in templating or manufacturer info or anything. So it was every unit took quite a bit of work to, to add because, you, you know, you have to manually put in all the information. And now most of that is, is pulled in from their back end. So it's definitely much more efficient. And then I wanted to ask about the SEO work that you um, have done on this or how you work with Dealer Spike. Can you explain that in terms of, you know, how you selected the words or phrases or, or you know, how did you make that work? So a lot of it was done. Well, I mean, the work is done by their, they have an SEO team that, that works on our, you know, on our stuff for us each month. And so it was sort of like an initial, some like fact finding calls, like, you know, what, what of your product lines are the most important, you know, what geographic areas do you serve? And then they, so they started at a high level with that information. And I think they have a pretty good handle on what people are looking for. They just needed to know, like prioritize, you know, what our priorities were as far as, you know, the, the manufacturers, because if it's, you know, this brand of tractor for sale, for example, is a, you know, a keyword that everybody searches for. So they just kind of need to know, what brands were the most important to us. And then, you know, some geographic, you know, the names of some areas that we serve so that they could, you know, create information or content that was, you know, targeted to help us. And based on that, I, they send us reporting every month, pretty detailed on what they did and then what is their plan for the next month. And then we have a call about every 90 days kind of talking about, you know, higher level stuff. So like, for example, not what they're going to do next month, but like what's the strategy for the next three or six months. And so we started, we just started with the, you know, the, our, our major brands first. And once we got those in pretty good shape, you know, started filtering down to the, like the short lines, for example, you know, lawn and garden equipment. And then they'll go back through about, I think we've been on there with their SEO services for, it's been just over a year. So like, for example, right now they're going back through and refreshing some of the initial content they created and added, you know, adding more to it so that it's more, you know, relevant because it's up to date, but it's, um, I mean, really it's, it's not totally hands off, but it's mostly hands off They're, I mean, they do a great job and they know what they're doing. So I just kind of tell them, Hey, these are, you know, these are the priorities and, and, you know, they take that and kind of run with it. So as you do your strategy, you know, for the next couple of months, are you then looking at words that are related to uh, new models uh, seasonal terms, you know, how would that SEO strategy evolve over the course of a year? So search terms for like, you know, manufacturers don't tend to change that much. If people are looking, for example, county tractors, you know, searches for county tractor is not going to change that much. You know, the volumes are going to change obviously in season versus off season, but the terms aren't going to change. But obviously every year as models change, then yes, you, you know, you have to go through and, and, you know, update that so that you're, you know, you've got content there that, you know, is relevant to the 2018 models and not, you know, models that are two years old and don't exist anymore. So it's mostly, it's not that the strategy changes that much. It's just making sure that, that the content that, it, that that is there is always up to date. And then adding, you know, of course, adding to it because the more content that you have that's unique, you know, the better you're going to rank anyways which is probably the most important thing because most sites that have a lot of inventory on them, they have the same content as every other, you know, every other dealer of that line. So adding that unique content is 
is probably the most important part, I, I think. And that's one thing that the, the dealer spike SEO team uh, is really great at is, is creating that, that unique content that's, you know, has the correct keywords in it that are, you know, that are relevant, not only to rank, but then when people land on the page, there's actually good information there that, that makes them stay there. So in terms of that, that content, then, um, can you talk a little bit about what some of that good content is? Um, are you, I'm uh, just looking through here, are you talking about, of course, the, the uh, inventory, but uh, what other pieces of content would you have that, that really seem to have, uh, you know, resonated with trying to attract visitors and, and have them eventually get to your store? It's mostly just unique content about the brands themselves. Like I say, the, the unfortunate thing is that most most dealers that have, it doesn't matter what website provider it is, if you're, for example, a, a Hustler Turf dealer, pretty much every Hustler Turf dealer has the same exact stock content on their website because everybody goes to the Hustler Turf website and copies and pastes the make and model information and puts it on their site. So in the eyes of Google, you know, they're all the same. There's, there's nothing unique about it. So it's really just adding a paragraph or two you know, concise, but, you know, detailed information that's unique, really about the brands. We haven't got as far as getting into um, unique content for each model. So I've started to do that a little bit, just sort of as an experiment. But, you know, we, with everything that's going on, the, the, you know, everything has to be prioritized and that's on the list, but we're not there yet. But really it's just the, at this point, it's just the high level, just unique content about the brands that, and I think they're just starting to get into some um, making unique landing pages for some of the series. So I would look at it like this. I would say, you know, unique content about the brand uh, with a landing page with the inventory on it. And then they've started getting into some of the, the series, different series of, of equipment and creating some unique content and landing pages there. And when I say unique content, I'm saying maybe like a paragraph or two. And then, you know, the next step will be as time allows will be, you know, unique landing pages and a couple paragraphs of unique content for each model, which when you get down to the model level, then becomes much more time consuming. So that'll have to evolve over, you know, over time. And then you had mentioned about the idea of, you know, traditional advertising. And I, and I believe that you have moved budget away from traditional advertising to now toward uh, your website and, and um, all of the supporting activities. Can you talk about, you know, what you still have in terms of traditional advertising? I don't know that we really do. I'm trying to think. I think we, I don't think that we do anymore. Nothing that at least comes to mind off, you know, off top of my head. I mean, I know we, we pretty much have pulled out of, you know, all the print. We, so we used to rely pretty heavily on print in some local radio spots. We pulled pretty much a hundred percent out of print. We pulled out of the radio and we did, did all that about two and a half years ago, probably, and shifted most of that, you know, into digital marketing. I'm I'm thinking about getting back into maybe some radio or some local TV spots, but I don't think we'll get back into any print at this time, just because we don't really have. I don't I don't necessarily believe that print is dead, but I think that for our market, there really isn't a good a good outlet for it that you know that's not you know something that a publication that covers, for example, seven states doesn't really help me. It's just too too many people you're reaching are outside of your market area, and where we're at, there really isn't any good, what I would say, local publications that really serve our customers. So probably for the time being, we'll probably just stick with, uh, with what we're doing and, and maybe get back into some, uh, some radio or some TV, some local stuff, but that's probably about it. 
We'll rejoin the discussion, but I did want to take a moment and again thank our sponsor, Yanmar, for making this program possible. Yanmar continuously strives to exceed customer expectations and deliver exceptional lifetime value. Visit them at yanmartractor.com backslash new dealer inquiry. So far in this podcast, Jeremy Linder has explained how he transitioned to a new website using Dealer Spike and how the new solution, plus the ability to display all their inventory, boosted site traffic within 60 days. He also shared about adding search engine optimization for the major brands, short lines, and lawn and garden equipment. He says, the more unique content you have on your site, the better you're going to rank on search engines. This is probably the most important thing because most dealership sites that feature inventory have the same content as every other dealer of that line. Let's get back to the discussion where Jeremy Linder shares information about their email marketing program with Infusionsoft, as well as how they use Google AdWords and Facebook advertising. Email marketing has been, has been huge for us. That's another thing that isn't super time consuming, but you have to be purposeful about. And we haven't been as purposeful about it as we certainly could be. But yeah, e- email marketing has been great. You know, and it just takes time to, to, you know, get people, you know, opted into your, to your list and, and, you know, grow an audience and get them to trust you. But that has been great. And that, that has been one thing that has probably had probably the, off the top of my head, the best return of anything it, as far as re-engaging people that maybe we, we talked to and, and, you know, they just didn't buy last year, but, you know, all of a sudden they're thinking about it and, you know, they get, you know, an email from us with some good, some good info in it and, you know, just re-engages them. Uh, whereas before, you know, we may not have been as, as purposeful about, you know, going back to those people, you know, from, you know, last year or, or, or years past or, or even our past customers for that matter. Now, do you work with a vendor on that or is it something that you uh, do on your own? No, we do that on our own. Uh, we have, we use uh, Infusionsoft. Uh, it's a marketing platform. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it or not, but it's, it's meant for quote unquote small businesses. So they say businesses up to a hundred employees, which were, you know, there's seven of us. So we're far below that. I spend another couple hours a week, probably in Infusionsoft. Yeah. It's, it, we're just, we have, we, you know, it's obviously the, the platform we pay for, but all of the, all the marketing activities is all, all done by us. And then in terms of e- email marketing, I know you were talking about being purposeful. Are you, you know, where would you like to be with that? Are you thinking that, you know, m- monthly emails, um, you know, customized emails based on what people have bought before? Or, or what would you like to be at with the, um, the email marketing? Sure. So right now, um, really all that my time allows is getting out some, some monthly emails. And we do segment our list a little bit based on, on um, product interest. So what, whether they're interested in a specific product line or they've, you know, they were and then, you know, ended up buying one. But what I would like to see in the future is people that are still in that research phase would be, you know, a series of, of emails with, with, you know, information relating to the product that they're interested in that would go out automatically just to, you know, add value and, and you know, help them in their research process. It's on the to-do list. We're not there yet, but that, I think that's probably our next as far as, as as far as email goes, that's probably my next my next priority. And then, have you done Facebook advertising? A little bit. It, it's been pretty hit or miss for us. I just I just haven't invested the time 
into it. We've done a little bit of it, but that's another thing. I mean, unfortunately, my day-to-day here at the store, as far as the parts and service go, it takes up, you know, my whole day. So marketing is something that I have to try to fit in somewhere either between the time I get up and the time I come to work or, you know, after dinner when the, then getting the kids in bed until I go to bed. That's kind of when I work on that stuff. So it's just kind of trying to find, you know, the time here and there to, to make it happen. Right. And then you had mentioned, I wanted to ask about the AdWords too. So you, you're having success with uh, using uh, Google AdWords. Is that right? Yes. Um, and that's something we manage that ourselves as well. I have, and it's kind of, I just review it about every month, you know, we just, so I'll set up a campaign to run and every month I'll go in and kind of tweak it and just look at, make sure that the click throughs are, are reasonable and, you know, make sure that our costs are where we, where they need to be. And, and, you know, maybe adding or, or getting rid of some, some keywords that aren't converting as well, or, or maybe I'll up the budget on ones that are. And then we just, we, we geofence everything to kind of our market area so that, you know, our, our ad spend is spent on people that we can help. And that's kind of a, I'm not gonna say it's set and forget, but it's kind of, there's a bit of a learning curve to it, but once it's up and running, it's pretty minimal, you know, daily time that has to be spent. Now, in terms of those words, are you using similar words that you would use for your, for SEO, for your website, or how are you choosing your, your words? Pretty similar. I mean, most of the, most of the words that we're targeting right now are, are, you know, words around the different manufacturers that we carry. The, probably the biggest thing is the, 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 you know, the tractor lines that we carry and, and key, you know, basically buyer keywords. So not, you know, not, for example, used, you know, blah, 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 or whatever, but, you know, new, new equipment models and things like that. Anything in particular that you're, you're seeing in terms of new marketing technologies that, that you might be interested in, in pursuing? There's a lot of things that are really cool. It seems like new technology comes out and it takes a while before there's trickle down to our industry where there's, you know, solutions that kind of fit what we need because we are all, you know, much smaller, you know, we're not huge enterprise companies, you know, we're all fairly small dealerships or, you know, our budgets obviously reflect that. So, but some of the things that are pretty interesting to me, you know, obviously mobile SMS marketing, I think is, has some huge uh, upside to it. It's not, that's not something we've implemented yet, but um, I would like to, I'm just not quite sure how to take advantage of it. I would like to definitely get into some video marketing because I think that's, you know, that that's obviously not new, but that is something that's growing every year. Uh, and especially with everybody carrying a, a, a smartphone now, I mean, gosh, that's, you know, everybody's looking at YouTube videos on their phones now. So I think there's a huge opportunity for us there. And then long, t- long term, and I'm not quite sure I don't know much about this, but it's pretty interesting is, I don't, and I don't even know what the right word is for it. I'll call it message personalization. So HubSpot does a great job of this. So if you go to the HubSpot website and you've never signed in to download any of, you know, any reports or any, you know, free stuff, you'll see one set of messaging on their site. And then after you've opted in one time to download something, um, you'll see some different messaging and now uh, they may have already captured your email. So maybe they'll ask you on this, the download form, maybe a different piece of information. And over time, they are able to build a really good profile of who you are. And they're very smart about this. And they use that information to tailor the messaging on the site specifically to you. 
it's actually really interesting if you read about it. And that's something that's, you know, that's for us is probably a five-year away type of thing. But I think that in general, personalization of messages is super important. And, you know, as people are getting more and more bombarded with advertising, you know, everywhere, especially online, the more personalized you can make your message, I think the, the more people are, you know, it's going to resonate with, with the, you know, your customers. So how are you keeping up? What, you know, what resources are you reading to learn about new technologies as well as how to make best use of what's out there now? So there's a couple of, uh, of sites that I read and, and then also get, you know, emails from that are not specific to our industry, but just specific to digital marketing in general. So you kind of have to filter through because not all of it really is, you know, is applicable to what we do. But Digital Marketer is one that's a great resource. And then Convince and Convert is run by Jay Barrett. It's another one that's, you know, again, it's more it's more generic to digital marketing for everybody, whether you're a Fortune 500 or you're just a, you know, a solo a solo, you know, business operator, but, you know, you can glean a lot of good information from, from that and kind of, you know, filter it down to what works in, you know, in your own business. Thank you again to Jeremy Linder of Agbag Forest Solutions for sharing his approach to websites and digital marketing. His integrated approach also includes email marketing, and he gives this advice. You have to be purposeful about it. It takes time to get people opted into your list and grow an audience and get them to trust you. He also says these two resources have been helpful as he has developed his digital marketing strategies. One is digitalmarketer.com and the other is convinceandconvert.com. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Yanmar, for helping make this Rural Lifestyle Dealer podcast series possible. And please share your feedback on today's program by sending me an email to lwolf at lessetermedia.com or call me at 316-648-3717. You can keep up on the latest rural equipment news and trends by registering online for our e-newsletter and be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Stay tuned for additional podcasts from our experts and from dealers. From all of us at Rural Lifestyle Dealer, I'm Lynn Wolf, and thanks for listening.